Hey friend, before we get started with today's episode, are you tired of starting each new year with the same goals? Get in shape, eat better, lose weight. What if I told you that a perfect body won't make you happy, that it's not what's missing? Are you ready to get off the merry-go-round of madness and let God take the reins in your mental and physical wellness? If you're really ready to quit setting the same New Year's goals year after year, then you'll definitely want to join my seven-week Wellness and the Word workshop, where we're doing a full wellness and spiritual reset. If you want to grow closer to God and let Him establish your plans, learn how to refresh your soul daily and take care of your body so you feel your most confident ever, let's do it. You'll get seven weeks of hands-on coaching with me and an accountability community where you'll create friendships rooted in Christ. If you're in, you'll want to join right now because I'm offering a founding member's price and an extra bonus for the first five ladies that sign up, a one-on-one coaching session with me before we start the program on January 11th. If you're ready to let me be your guide on the side to up-level your entire life with God leading the way, go sign up right now at wellnessandtheword.com slash reset. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friends, welcome to Wellness and the Word. It's Faith Friday, and today I have the incredible honor of chatting with Boomi Laddyton, an award-winning, Webby-nominated writer from California who lives in Quebec, Canada with her family. Boomi went viral a few years ago when she created the hilarious Twitter account, The Honest Toddler. She has contributed to the New York Times, Parenting, and the Huffington Post, and is best known for the satirical Honest Toddler account and her debut novel, Confessions of a Domestic Failure. We chat about Faith and her new book, Dear God, Honest Prayers to a God Who Listens, which will be out in January, and you can pre-order now. And I have had the chance to look through it already, and it's, of course, amazing. Boomi writes so beautifully, and she writes this with the same gutsy and poetic honesty that has charmed readers and listeners around the world. She's now sharing the faith side of her life through her funny, often heartbreaking, and deeply insightful prayers. She will stir your heart and make you laugh out loud with her self-aware humor and profound insight into the spiritual journey we're all trying to navigate. One day she prayed to a God she wasn't sure even existed and asked, who are you? And he answered. Reconnecting with the God she loved then lost, she realized he had never left her side even while she wandered. In this book, Boomy journeys through emotions we all experience, doubt, anger, joy, desperation, love, loneliness, and gratefulness. She exquisitely names our fears and voices our painful questions, 
and bravely says what we're all thinking in our prayerful wrestling with God. I just loved talking with Boomi. We laughed so much and had so much fun and really connected on a personal level. So I'm extremely grateful that she came on the podcast and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Well, hi, Boomi. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really glad that you're here with me. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I've been following you for such a long time and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Oh, you're so kind to have me on. I, I really appreciate it. I know we're Thank both you. home, kids, yes. all that pandemic. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's crazy time. So it's this, nuts. I love, I'm so excited to talk about your new book because I think it's so needed and it's so real and raw and vulnerable. And that's just what I love about your writing in general is like, you're so real and relatable. So let's just start with how did you even start writing and you know, kind of being present in that space of like sharing your voice with people? Well, I've always, um, I wanted to be a writer since I was around nine and I knew it was what I wanted to do. Um, but it's one of those things like, you know, Oh, I want to be a painter. I want to be, you know, uh, a jeweler. Like, how do you get into that? (laughs) Anything like the arts, how do you get into that? So, um, I used to, when I became an adult, I started off, um, I worked from home as a social media manager for different like family brands, like small, small companies, usually run by a mom and dad or a mom. And I was, so I would write their content um, for their baby food or, or, or toys. Um, and so that's one way that I kind of practiced. And then, um, I would also submit to as many places that would take my free writing. <laughs> I would submit all over like Huffington Post, um, any blog that would have me as a guest writer. And I wrote some blogs and poetry, you know, the kind I had like four or five hits a day, people would come. Um, and then I, um, so my big break, I guess you would say was The Honest Toddler where I had my second board and it was such, like, my first was, like, that really easy kid, and the second was, and my mom would always tell me, she's like, most kids aren't like this. When you talk about my first, it was super easy. I'd be like, nah, I'm just a good parent, so you don't understand. <laughs> I, I read Happiest Toddler on the Block. I know what I'm doing. I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you see me, baby? It's all me. <laughs> yes, I'm baby-wearing. We have a bond. See, it's that bond that has made this possible, but then it was, no. So my second board came in, like, bam, and I just started writing as a, like a catharsis and it, it people felt it they were going through the same thing which I had never even considered I was literally just writing to kind of get myself through mm-hmm. those long parenting afternoons and then from there on I just I just started writing and, and, and never stopped <laughs> I love it that's so awesome that's how I used to be when I was a kid I wanted to be a writer and I would like carry a journal with me everywhere and write stories and write poems and as I've gotten older, I feel like I, I don't have as much creativity and I wish I kind of like fostered that more, you know, as a kid, because you, you don't really know like, okay, well, how can I really like make this dream come true? So yes. I connect with your writing so much because like you, you just write so beautifully and like I already have like a, a love of words. So when I find someone who can put them together like that, I'm like, oh my God. I need to, I need to write more. You're going to inspire me to start writing more because it's so therapeutic. And I love that you're reaching so many people. Like when I read the comments on your post, it's like, 
just so awesome because people feel so seen and, oh, you know, you. it can be so lonely out there, especially yes, with I would parenting. Say, write, like, mm-hmm. Ryan, just write, write, get, get a journal and like, go on Amazon or wherever, like your local, you know, bookstore, paper store and get a journal and just write and don't judge yourself as you write whatever is in your heart. Cause that's, that's honestly the scariest part is to just put what's in your heart on paper, especially if it's not a happy feeling, a good feeling, because it's one thing to just go through it and then having to see it for me, that can be very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say just do it because the one thing that I've learned through all of this is that you're never the only one. And it seems so nuts because we all look different, right? Like we all look like different people. We all have different experiences, different parents, different like this, 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 but when it comes down to it, our humanity is so connected. Um, so you have as much creativity as anybody else. Just get a special pen when you really like <laughs> and just have a journal that's small enough to carry with you wherever you go, even though we're not even going places that much right yeah. now. <laughs> and just write whatever pops in your head. And it's kind of like, you know, those old fashioned pumps where they had to like pump it by hand mm-hmm. and a little bit would come out and then a lot comes out. Writing is just like that where you start going and it seems like nothing's happening. Like nothing's happening. I'm just writing. I'm just forcing it. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden a little trickle will come out, a drop, and then more and more but you just have to start it. I would say go for it. No one see, while you have the same humanity, no one sees the world exactly how you see it. Mm. And, and people want to know, people want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see how Ryan sees it. I want to see that. <laughs> You're inspiring me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love, I love that analogy of like, just like, you know, the pump of like a little bit coming and then a lot, it just pours out. That's so awesome. And so true. It'll be like, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really and, and that connection of like, you know, we're all different, but we're all going through similar things, you know, in different ways. So I love it. So (laughs) one of your, one of the titles of one of your books is called Confessions of a Domestic Failure. And I'm like, oh yes, I I think I kind of checked that box, domestic failure. I'm not very domestic. (laughs) So that's why else I love you. Just so, so real. (laughs) Oh, it's like, I I always wanted to be that person. I want to be like a cross between pioneer woman and like you know those moms on instagram who their house is there's a place for everything and it seems like first of all they have like one third of the stuff i have yes their house is three times bigger <laughs> so they, ne- they never have any kind of clutter mm. there's nothing there's never like a cereal box and their cereal is in like these these containers you know and it's all labeled with the chalkboard paint and it's just like cereal and then the expiration <laughs> date like i want to be like that i oh, know i could never too. be but I want to be like that. And I see them and then they're just like making these different amazing dinners every night. And they always make the same amount. So they're not eating the same chicken for three days, you know, <laughs> and they just, <laughs> and I could never do that. And so when I wrote this book, I just wanted, when I wrote confessions, I just wanted to write it for the mom like me, who was just sitting in her living room. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, but it feels like it's been three days, like in one day, you know, and you're just like sitting with this baby who can't really talk to you. And you're just like <laughs> kind of lonely, but bored, but lo- loving motherhood, still loving it. Mm-hmm. But just like, and your house is messy and you don't have the energy and your body is like completely different. And you're like, am I failing at this? You know? <laughs> yes, so much. That's how I, know. I felt. I love how you said like, oh yeah, I have three times as much as them. My house is, their house is three times, but that's how I feel. I keep saying like, we have a tiny house, you know, three kids. And I'm like, if I get a bigger house, 
Like, no, right? it's going to change the world. <laughs> It'll just change everything. Right. I know, like, I would just throw up. I would just fill up that house, like, with, like, you know? But I just think if we just get it, you know, then I, then I would get those containers. That they have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those containers. Have you seen their pantries? Like, oh, people's pantries. I have. They need to stop posting it. It's bullying, honestly. I know. I'm like, it's what, bullying. where do you get the money, too? Where does the money I know. <laughs> it's like... They have these like amazing pantries that are all organized that they poured like what's a poured just hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars, not a hundred, like a thousand dollars into just this organization. We could just talk about this forever. I know. I can't. <laughs> it, it still drives me nuts. I'm just like, how? How? Do yeah. mine. <laughs> I know, I know. And pay for it, please. And pay for it, right? <laughs> uh no, I you just you see me. You you are me. I love it. <laughs> All right, so you are known for your satirical look at motherhood with the Twitter account Honest Toddler, which is amazing. So why did you shift with your new book, Dear God, Honest Prayers to a God Who Listens? Why did you shift to writing about faith? How did that happen? It was so wild. Like, career-wise, it makes no sense. Like, it (laughs) makes absolutely no sense. I would do better financially to just keep doing fiction, to keep doing funny. It would make more sense, but when I finally like woke up, well, I say God woke me up to him. Like when that just happens, you know, after I wandered for a very, very long time. Um, I grew up in a religious home, but it was religion mixed with a lot of other things like strictness and like sadness and anger, Mm -hmm. a lot of other things, you know, my parents were first generation Nigerian and coming here. It was a lot of poverty as they tried to make it in this new place they came here not knowing anybody you know and um that's hard (laughs) and so it was really difficult growing up and um I left home at 16 just because in the house there was just so much like strife anger and just it was just too it was hard so I, I just left and um ended up I I kind of for a while I just wandered honestly like I didn't really have any place to stay and then I eventually moved in with a friend and her mom um and I didn't for me the concept of God was just something that people did you know religious people they talked about it but it didn't change them in any way they were just still regular people who maybe I guess thought they were better is how I saw it as a kid because while people talked about God it didn't you know, some people knew the things that were going on in my house. They didn't help. They didn't help us. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Like, you know, and so um, I wondered for a very long time, believed in, and I just would study as I got older. I, I knew that God existed, but I didn't know what that meant for me. And um, so I tried everything out there. Sometimes I wonder if God's offended how people just will literally try anything before <laughs> And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I finally, I, I just told him, I was like, I, you know, I've tried to control my life. I've tried to do everything myself and I can't, I thought I could and I can't. And like, you're literally handing him this mess. And I say literally a lot, sorry. And I'm handing him this mess of everything and saying, do you want this? You know, and it comes with me and he said, yes, you know? And so I'm like, Okay. And that started me on the journey of getting close to God and him revealing himself as a father to me, um, which was huge, like this loving father, not just a father, but a loving one Mm -hmm. and a real one, a present one who wants to help me and 
wants to to wants me to know him and who does know me and still loves me and that was different than anything I had ever encountered um and then I because I had heard so many different things about about who Jesus was growing up okay son of God what does that even mean um then later uh, I, when I, I converted to Judaism um, early, early, in my early 20s, it was, okay, Jesus is a, he's, he was a good Jewish boy, you know, that's the kind of belief, um, but he, you know, he went off, <laughs> did his own thing, and, and then people wrote fan fiction about him, you know, the New Testament. And then um, later, um, when I was studying Islam, it was like, okay, so uh, Jesus is a prophet. He's a prophet. Um, but you know, not a deity. So I had so many ideas in my head and I just went to God and I asked, I was like, who is he? Just, I, I want to know, because if he is important, I should know if he, I don't want to be disrespectful. You know, I'm, this is a very new relationship. <laughs> and I was out on my balcony, um, one day in my patio. And as I've been asking and asking, and I just felt, I just felt this kind of presence behind me, this intensely loving, but kind, gentle, powerful, but gentle, which had never been a combination I'd known, power and gentleness. They did not ever collide. And I felt behind me and I knew it was him. I knew he doesn't have to announce himself, his presence announces. I just knew, I felt, I felt his spirit came. I don't know. It's hard for me to put into words, especially as a writer. It's so frustrating you know mm-hmm. but, and like um he doesn't have to say a word when he steps into a place he doesn't have to say a word um and i knew and then from then on it was just you know that just set off my my whole my whole family and i'm a believer all my my kids all believe too and that's god because you i would not be it's one thing i don't know the fact that they believe and believe so passionately i know that's that's god because the truth has its own ring to it. It just does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I so I'd written confessions of a domestic failure, felt like I needed to write Dear Mother, which was even that in itself, um, that was before I, I really, really kind of understood. I understood God when I wrote Dear Mother, but I didn't understand um, Jesus. And at home, because, you know, I raised the kids Jewish, we call the Hebrew name is Yeshua, so we call him Yeshua, but in Jesus, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, you have to, you know, it's not mm. like that. His name is, you know, so many, like, love power. I knew, but so like, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, then when it was time for me to write my next book, I'm thinking naturally I'll write Confessions of a Domestic Failure too, which of course I'm still, you know, thinking about and doing and everything, but I knew there was this other book I felt like I was supposed to write. And, <laughs> and it, it, like, like my other books, it started in a journal. And my agent, who's not even, who, who's, who's not a believer, but she's the sweetest, sweetest woman in just the whole wide world. And she like was just told me, she said, you know, what, why not write something about God? Because you're, you're talking to about him on, on Twitter here and there. And I'm thinking, nobody wants to hear me talk about this. And, and I'm think, and then it just, I felt like it, it felt like the right thing to do. You know, when it just, you feel it and you know it. And I decided I never want to be out of, from under God's wing again. You know, I've lived many years like that. And when I, I felt like it was what he wanted me to do. Um, and so I did it. <laughs> yes. Long story short. <laughs> I love it. Wow. That's so cool. I, I love how you talk about how God revealed himself and like, you just know that that's God. 
you know, like we all get those like nudges from God, just like, you know, the nudge to write your book about God. It's that's a big shift and like, just so cool. It's, you just know. And you know, when I think about it, it's like, we have his fingerprints all over us because he made us, you know, it was his breath and like, it's all of this and all of us are, are his. So it makes sense that the creation knows its creator, you know, when they say like the, the sheep knows the voice of its shepherd. It's like, there's so many sounds in the world and so many things always calling, but his voice is so different. It's, it just like, oh man, like what, like what it did, it just, he speaks and it just pulls, it pulls you. You're like that. Mm-hmm, it cuts yes. through everything and it doesn't, he doesn't even yell. You know, you know, when we're trying to hear our kids, when we're trying to get our kids to hear us and we start off, you know, da, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do that, he doesn't even have to raise his voice. Like, it's always like just this whisper, but it cuts through everything. And it, it's, I don't know, he's just so amazing. So I know when I talk, I go on and on. And then Yeshua, Jesus, just his, his kindness, his love toward me that I didn't earn. Mm-hmm. He knows I didn't earn it. Yeah. <laughs> like I did everything, but you know, yeah. um, and just that, that his love and how he reveals it and how he said, I was always there. I was always there. It's just so I'll never, well, maybe one day, you know, but to understand that the depth of that love is just, I, every day it blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, even as a writer, you have like, you have no words. Sometimes it's so hard oh, to put it into words. I can't. And it's so frustrating because I, I, I love being able to describe things, how I feel mm-hmm. them. It, it feels very good to describe it, how I feel it. And then when it comes to these spiritual things that are above words, I just get so frustrated and tongue-tied. <laughs> yeah, it really is just like, oh, same. I, that's how I get. And I love how you talked about how your kids have that faith, even Oh my Even, but that's like that childlike faith, right? Just like you said, yes. the creation knows their creator. It's just, it's something yes. in us that we all know and we all have access to, but we don't yes. always go towards that. But I, usually kids just have that innate knowing. So wild. And it makes so much sense because you know, that, um, that story where, where the disciples, they were like, oh no, kids, you know, this is getting, you know. Back, back up, back up, back, yep. back up, you know, and then he's like, no, 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 he's like, he's like, let the, let the little children come to me, you mm-hmm. know, like, and, um, for such as there's the kingdom of heaven, it's like, imagine, you know, like, yes, it makes so much sense, the children, they know it, they know it. <laughs> yes, totally, it's beautiful, and uh, one other thing, from what you were saying was like that powerful, but gentle, like how amazing that like those two things can coexist. I it's like, there's nothing else in in this world. I know there's nothing else because I trust me. I tried everything, Mm -hmm. every kind of love in this world, every kind of peace that this world has to offer. I have tried it, tried it. (laughs) Like I shouldn't even be alive. Like really, I shouldn't. And, um, it's, it's a miracle. It's by like his grace that I have like the second chance at life, which is another reason why I just, he gave me a second chance. It's his, not that my first life wasn't, but I knew I was going to, I'm not going to deny him anything of this life. And his, just his voice. It's just, 
it cuts through every illusion. It cuts through every darkness. It cuts through every other noise without even going a decibel above like what it is. And I, I, when I think about it, I'm, it's so comforting of a thought, even though life is still, you know, it's still hard. And I talk openly about mental health issues and my anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. I'll ha- I take medication. I will forever, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, but there's a difference now in knowing who created me, knowing he has my back and I'm his child because I know how much I love my children. Mm-hmm. I know I would walk through fire for them. Mm-hmm. I know I would take whatever life for them. I would give my own, um, yeah. no questions asked. But his love is even bigger than that. So yes, yes I'm going to go through things. Yes, I'm going to have those dark, dark nights, but he doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. So that's, it changes everything. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that you kind of shed that light on mental health. I think that's really important. Yeah. Thank you. And I don't want people to get the idea because I, I, of course, believe in medication and therapy and everything. And I'm not one of those people that, that says, um, you know, you know, oh, you're just not trying hard enough with God. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. pray it away because it's not always like that. Like there are chemical imbalances like, yeah. like, with diabetes, people take insulin, you know, and, but I do believe also that, that I do believe in, in that there's, you know, there's the spiritual and there's the physical mm-hmm. and that, um, some things, I don't know how to explain it, but when I've been in those very dark places, I have felt like it was almost like sometimes a spiritual battle for my soul in a way, mm-hmm. even though I know that sounds kind of crazy. Um, and my first and last weapons against that, even when I feel like I'm fighting against myself, um, is just knowing that the person, or not the person, but the force that rises and sets the sun, for whatever reason, he cares about me. He cares about me, and he loves me. And no, I'm not worthless. No, I'm not dumb. No, I haven't messed everything up. Um, he cares about me. And that, how, you know, that means everything. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> that is everything. And I think that that message of like, oh, you're not trying hard enough, or you're not, you know, praying enough, that can be really dangerous for people. I think that you're right, that there is a need for medication and we need to like be really careful how we're framing that. So you talked about journaling and your trademark humor and sarcasm really come through even when you're writing your prayers. So are these things you actually prayed? You talked about how you journal about it. Are they things you've actually prayed? All of them. Every single because the thing about this book is that I was going through it as I was writing it. Um, oh man, it's okay. So when they would send, when they sent me the the final, you know, the proof, and they're like, "Oh, read this over, just make sure." I pretended to read it because I couldn't. It was still, mm-hmm. it was too. It's it's too like raw, you know, for mm-hmm. for me to. I was like, "Yeah, it looks good, it perfect, uh huh." Everything looks good to me. <laughs> because the way that I felt like I was being led to write it was in a general sense. So, but also like the truth. And so it covers forgiveness. It covers pain. It covers joy. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause I've never been one of those people who understood worship music. And like I, from a beat perspective and a, a music perspective, yes. Mm-hmm. But I've never like felt, what I know now know is the Holy Spirit 
move through me. Oh my gosh. And I had it was one night, the first night where I felt, you know, and I would see people like raise their hands sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, like I'm not judging them, but it's, you know, when, when you don't understand it, I'm just telling you, it looks like, like what's happening, you know? And yeah. I didn't understand it. And I'd never understood it, even though I'd seen it a lot. And, and then I had one night where I had my experience and I had this, this music and, and I, it was on YouTube and it's this worship music and it was this playlist and it was going. And I, I mean, I just felt, oh, I get chills when I talk about it. I felt it. And I had like my hands up. <laughs> so not, you know, and I was literally like worshiping with this music for hours. Mm. And it was after the kids were asleep. I mean, like eight to 11, 12 PM. Wow. And it gets tired. That's not how I listen to music. Mm-hmm. You get bored after a while. This wasn't just music. It was feeling God around me. And so then I wrote after that. And I, so I wrote a prayer after that. And that was a, a prayer of, of like joy and of faith and of all of that. And it, it so Yes. Um, all of the prayers. And then oh, when I was going learning about forgiveness, I was, and forgiveness, it also kind of tackles that those pains that come from religious churches and, or, or not churches, but religious institutions, whether it's synagogue or whatever. Um, you know, just because someone is a believer, doesn't mean they don't have their own problems or there, and there are also wolves and sheep clothing there's you know a lot of different reasons why things might happen um and i've been hurt in a religious context and and i had there was forgiveness that i needed to go through and so when i wrote about that it spanned from kind of god i felt telling me to forgive and me saying like why and how and i was trying to and i couldn't and he said, it's not going to be by your own strength. You, you need me to forgive. And then so he led me through that. And I wrote through that. So all of these things, I was writing, going through it. And that's why reading it after was. Yeah, that, that was like, hard. And then you might second guess yourself and be like, oh, oh. let's just take that out. Oh, no, oh, yeah, I would take it out. I'd be like, I can't have people reading that. I can't yeah. have people reading that. I so. Totally. So good. Good for you. <laughs> but I know what you mean about worship music because that's how I used to be like when I first started attending like Christian churches where they had yes. that kind of music and people were raising their hands. And I was just like, it makes, I think it makes people uncomfortable when other people raise their hands, you know? Yes. Like, like, yes. What's happening? <laughs> but now I'm that person. Like I am totally that person in church raising my hands. Yes. And then because when, because when those songs are, are talking about like what he's brought oh, you yeah. through and then you remember and then you just feel him. I mean, come on, your body is like, no, we're doing this. This is yes. what's happening. And, and all the self-consciousness goes away. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I mean, there's times where I'm like bawling in church, you know? I know. <laughs> That's how you know. This is real. This is, not, this is real. Exactly. It's a real God, you know, mm-hmm. a real savior, everything. This is like real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you said like, you know, pe- people that believe in God, like we have problems too. I think, I think a lot of the time I try to tell people, I believe in God because I need him more, like yes. not because I'm perfect. Like I need right. him. <laughs> right. Right. And I heard this one good, uh, good quote. And it said that the church isn't for, um, you know what I'm talking about? It's not for yeah. perfect people. It's for, it's like, it's like yeah. more like a hospital for people yeah. who need, you know, it's, <laughs> a, it's a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints. That's how I heard Exactly. It. Yes. Thank you. And that gives us so much context. Can't go in there expecting that everyone's going to just treat you perfectly. Yes. There will be things that happen, you mm-hmm. know, 
And, and sometimes it's really bad where it's like institutional and like, you know, maybe so, no one's protecting the people that need protected, you know, and then that's when the only person you can go to really is God because humans, they, it sounds bad, but they kind of will fail you every time. There's just no perfect people. They're, they're none. Yes. I don't know what to say. So true. That, I love that point because we can't just rely on the church and the people. Right. Like that's not where our faith should be. Even if people no. do hurt us, like we have to yes. remember that God never will. God will never fail us. And yes. that, I think that's unfortunate when people are turned away from God because of other yes. people. Oh, and I understand them 110%. And mm-hmm. I know it's at the heart of that because when I was like that, I was thinking, okay, they're fake and I was angry and like, this is how they all are. They don't care. You know, they didn't come help me um, as a child, you know? So I'm thinking, you know, it's all about their picnics and all this. Um, But really at the heart of it wasn't even about them. It was about God and it was anger at him Um, because yeah, that's what it was when I really like, when I went through healing, which is, you know, it's never all done for me, you know, and it it was really about him. It was anger at him, not even the people. Um, So I, I I completely understand where those were people like that who feel those pains are coming from. I would just, I would just encourage them to, well, well, first I'll just tell them that I understand, I guess. I understand. And whenever, you know, if you want to talk about those things, there are people who have been through it who will listen to you and not judge you. Because that, that, that stuff hurts. I almost said yeah. the other stuff word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's important to just know, like, you are seen and believed yeah. and understood. You're believed. Mm-hmm. You are believed. And whoever did that kind of stuff, God, listen, God saw that too. Mm-hmm. He saw them. Yeah. He saw it. He yes. saw it. <laughs> So you talked a little bit already about your own faith journey with faith and yes. religion. Um, but you, so you converted to Judaism when you yes. married your now ex-husband yes. and you write about being lost for a bit, dabbling with paganism yes. before eventually praying for oh, God yeah. that you weren't sure was there. So where's your faith now? Oh man, my faith is in, I know who my father is, mm. you know, and I know who my savior is and I need him for everything, every single day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't even play around anymore. I'm not even trying to be, uh, for so many years, I was like trying to be that strong person. I can do this. I can organize this. Look how many things I can do at one time. Like juggling, yeah, <laughs> amazing. You know, like, I well, not well, but, you know, drop a few eggs here and there. But now I'm just like, I wake up. I'm like, I'm like, good morning. So, you know, it's another day. I'm, you know, obviously I'm going to need help with this, this, this. You know, I know you don't sleep, but I hope you slept well. You know, I'm like, <laughs> Still you know, praying for the same thing as yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and just everything. I just, I consult, you know. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but I just need him for every little thing. Even sometimes I'm just, I, I know this sounds dumb. It's like I need, I'm so tired. I need to do these dishes. Like, just help me, help me. <laughs> I. It's so yeah. not dumb. I love when I hear people talk about like praying for the small things because God <laughs> cares. Like he really he does. does. He wants oh. us to pray for everything, you know? He cares about everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what has shocked me. He's like, he cares about everything. Talked about anything and everything. And I'm feeling this feeling about this person. And I know that's not how you want me to feel, you know, but I just, this, this, this. And, oh, I'm sitting in the, in the grocery, in, um, in my car in the grocery store because, you know, I have anxiety about going in there. Just help me to just get through this, get this done. Just anything. 
I love it. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, so how do you hope people respond to reading these prayers? I have already had a chance to, to read through the book. It's just beautiful. I love it. But how do you hope people respond to reading these prayers? Well, for each book, when I, when I write, like when I wrote Confessions, I was thinking about a mom who, who just felt very lonely and, and just was just sitting you know, on the floor with her kid in the afternoon. But with, with Dear God, I was thinking about someone who was like where I was, um, just going through life, trying to do it on their own, feeling alone and in this darkness that they didn't even realize they were in, but they just knew that something was missing. Um, and it's also for, for believers, just, we talk about, you know, there's so much about how you should feel as a believer. I think how you should feel, you should be strong. You should be, know who you are, da, 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 da. But we struggle. Like <laughs> Jesus' disciples, his like, his best friends who were with him, who, who ate with him, who they slept in the same place they still struggle. So yeah, we're going to struggle sometimes too, but he still loves us and he's still there. So that's, that's what I want people to know is like, he sees your struggle and he loves you anyway. He's so much bigger. His love is so much bigger than anything we could go through, anything we could throw at him. His love is bigger than that and doesn't depend on that. And he just wants you. That's what I've come to know. It's like, he just wants you. Yes. (laughs) So true. I love that. I think that like that speaks to me so much because as a believer, sometimes I'm like, gosh, like, can this be easier already? Like help a sister out God a little more. (laughs) Cause I do. Sometimes I feel like, gosh, I feel like I shouldn't feel this way or I should be a little happier. I should be more grateful or not like, cause I feel really alone. Sometimes I do. And if I didn't have God, I just cannot imagine how alone I would feel it's a different level of alone and you're always trying to fill it with different things. I think Mm -hmm. right now the popular way to try to fill it is kind of self-help affirmations. Um, I've done all that too. And it feels, it works for a little while, but during those dark nights, there's no amount of, Hey, you got this. Yeah, totally. You know I, I mean? was, I was like, totally, I went down that path for a long time of like buying all the books that I never finished. Yeah. And I thought it was okay. I didn't realize like that I was actually looking to those things more right. than I was looking to God and, and no, nothing was helping me feel better or get yeah. better or be better, or whatever, do more. Right. Yeah. Do more. Exactly. That's the other thing. If I just keep myself busy enough, busy. there's always something it's like, it's, People mm-hmm. just, they, everyone, we, we have his fingerprints. We, we are his. So if we can't fill ourselves with anything but him, it, wine's not going to do it. Shopping's yeah. not going to do it. And I love shopping. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. and like um, relationships aren't, all those things like in their right place are okay. I believe in their right place. You know, he gave us things that are good. He created the world. He said, it's, it's, I mean, you know, <laughs> the parts of it that are okay you know, like fruit you know like, <laughs> um but there's a part of us that only he can fill and it's I would if five years ago if you told me that I would be saying this I would be like I would not have believed you I would just say that sounds so cliche I don't get it what is she even talking about one of those religious weird people yes. but I know him now he's real he mm-hmm. is real yeah I, 
and you, you, can't, you can't even know until you know you can't you know. I know sometimes I'm like I sound crazy to people who don't know God <laughs> yes I know I do too yeah I know I do too <laughs> but I say that on my podcast like God God is the only one who can fill that God-shaped hole in your heart like that's the point of the this like one. he is truly the only one and we all have it we all have that God-shaped hole we're all we're trying yes. to put all the other things in it but nothing else it. will fill it just talk to him. Yeah. Talk to and him. I have, I have a problem with the whole <laughs> mom juice and wine. Like I, that whole culture, I oh, think it's so, I like, used to be toxic. I used to be like very in it and very all about it and didn't see it for what it was. And I get it. You know, everyone likes to unwind everyone, but there's a, there's a, there are two sides to it. There's the people who are just enjoying responsibly now and then yes. deep, also this deep, like I'm using this to cope. Um, exactly. and I, I was very much in that using alcohol to cope. Um, and it's, it spirals and can get out of control very quickly. And you have to, one has to be careful. Like exactly. one has to be extremely careful. Um, yeah. Because and no judgment. Like I, I I'm not judging. I'll either. have my glass of wine. You know what I mean? But it's like, I think what the problem I have is just like the, the jokey culture of like, I need my wine to survive motherhood. And I, cause I think it, it just can get dangerous with just like that being dependent on. I was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was completely there. And the thing about the, especially if you have mental health issues, like alcohol being a depressant and making it so much worse um, for some people, it's completely okay. And it is a joke and it's fun for them, but there's this other side where no, I really am drinking because I am not coping well with this and I'm depressed and this is making it worse. So we do have to be careful, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to take the fun out of anyone's anything. I'm just saying like, for me, I knew, I know now what it was about. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't even, I don't even keep wine in my house because <laughs> um, on the, when I am struggling, I know that, that I'll go there and it'll make it worse. Yeah. I know my limits and I know my weaknesses and it'll make it worse. Right. So yeah, that's just how my brain is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I really am. Cause I know people will kind of, especially if it's something that's very close to them, they criticize you for that and say, well, you're like being such a straight edge. You're being such like a, like a downer, but mm, no, it is like you called it. Yes, <laughs> it exactly. Is. Yeah. And I, I know I, I got to like walk that line of like, I'm not judging you and I'm not trying to yeah. be, you know, a Debbie Downer, but it's just like, I know how much alcohol can affect people's lives. So I kind of already have yeah. like a little, you know, thing with it, but <laughs> no, I understand <laughs> just that dependence, it. like that dependence mm-hmm. on something else other than God. Yeah, I know. I know. It, I know. Trust me. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm not judging anyone either because yeah. I'm here by the grace of, of him alone. Yes. So I have, I can't judge anybody about anything. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people hurting right now and yes. losing loved ones, facing unemployment or struggling to work from home to school kids from home. Just so much loneliness and yes. isolation and division in the world. Just so much. Yes. So what do you have to say to anyone who's struggling to believe that God is listening to them? For the people who are, are going through this very hard time and wondering if there's a God that cares about them, I would say to them to ask him, to reveal himself to you, um, ask him, talk to him. Even if you feel silly, I mean, what do you have to lose really other than yeah. some, maybe some pride or some 
I don't know, just ask him to reveal himself to you, be open in the way that he might do it. I've always been very <laughs> upfront with God. And I know this sounds bad, maybe rude. I don't know, but he's my father. You know, he's my father. He, he made me, he knows, he knows about my mouth. He knows, about, <laughs> he knows about it. And I, I, I don't know any other way to be other than kind of honest. So mm-hmm. I talked to him and I say, you know, when I was first even wondering if he was there, I would say, are you there? Show me something, not, not just a sign, but help me. Cause I can't, I can't get out of this by myself. And there's none of us who, if our kids said, mommy, help me, or daddy, help me, I'm in this mess, I created it, and I need help. There's none of us who wouldn't do something. Exactly. None of us, you know? So talk to him. Tell him. Be honest about what's going on. He already knows. He already knows our thoughts. So there's no point in even sugarcoating it. So I love that you talked about that, just like being real, because he already knows. He knows. And you can even tell him, I'm not even sure if you're there. I've done that. I think I did that in Dear God too. Just, I'm not even sure if you're even listening. I'm not even sure if you care because when I went through this, 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 when I was a kid, this, 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 I remember when I was a kid and, you know, stuff was happening in my, in my house and I used to just pray and ask God for a, a hug. I'd be like, just send an angel to hug me. Like, you know, and no angel came from the sky and hugged me, but I would feel a kind of peace in the way that I'd be able to go to sleep and also later I did end up being able to move in with a friend so there were things that happened and I know you could just say oh those were just things that happened kid things but when I look back there were just so many miraculous moments so many moments where they were miraculous and you feel it and you know it so if you're just going through it just talk to him talk to him and also I know this is going to sound intimidating but read the word of God, the Bible, because I know that it seems really boring and there are a lot of boring parts in there. Listen, let's be honest. (laughs) Like there's a lot of genealogy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. More than just boring. There are, it's not just the book. It's alive. It, it, it is alive. I'm telling you like, you know, we see movies where there are these books that are these magic books and they flip through and they glow. It doesn't do any of that, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a living book. It's a living word. And it will speak to where you are, but go to the Psalms, go through some starts with something that is just um, more accessible. These beautiful poems, you can go and listen to like, read some of the words of Jesus, him, him helping people, him helping people who had nothing because it's one thing to talk to God, but hearing from him starts there it does um and sometimes it takes getting to rock bottom to be able to be willing to do that i know for me it took being going to rock bottom but that's my advice <laughs> yeah no absolutely i that's so important that's something that i try to share on the podcast constantly like we have to be in god's word we have to know what he yeah. says we have to know the truth and there's in like I think that's one of my missions is like, I know the Bible can be really boring, but let's like find how can we read it in a way, or how can we be accountable together that we are reading the Bible because it's, it's so important and you can listen to it. You can, you know, the Bible app will read it to you. So we're lucky. (laughs) And choose a translation. You don't, don't go to these, like necessarily like these old, like King James, like you can, Mm -hmm. there's, uh, uh, for me, I know that there are many people who are, are purists and things like that, but I own a good news Bible 
and I, I like to read that with the kids and also I have that's one and I have like I like there's one called ESV there's yes. like living bibles don't get so caught up in in oh it has to be like the these and thous just Mm-mm. just read re- read and 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 God will tell you you can read about his love he'll tell you things so when these voices in your in your mind are telling you that you are worth nothing and that you failed and that you, you know, the world would be better off without you and then when he's telling you that you're wonderfully and fearfully made and that he has plans for you for a hope in a future you you can remember that and that'll stay in your heart you know, yes. you've got to read because he'll tell you the truth because there's nothing in this world that that is that truth. The world will just give you the platitudes, but he will tell you these powerful truths and they will hit you in your heart, in your spirit. Yes, so true. Don't do not. I don't think anybody unless that's your style. King James, no way. I can't do it. I, I can't, can't do understand it. it. I can't connect with it. So uh-huh. I have I have three different Bibles. I have ESV. I have NIV. I have I think an NLT and I like NLT too. Yeah, I just like to look at the different ones. Like, which one do makes the most sense to me? Which one do I connect? Yes. And because you're if you're gonna if you're trying to like be a purist, like you're probably not gonna read it anyway. (laughs) No, you're not gonna read it because some days when you're just so messed up inside, torn up inside, your mind is fried. You don't have the energy to start translating Mm -mm. the these and thous. It's not even how we talk. I think what we really need is like an urban dictionary Bible. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, there was this girl, Ruth, you know, (laughs) going through it with Naomi and then they got to, you know, they had to do a journey, you know, uh, her husband just got yeeted from the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's your next project for me. Yeah. And then Boaz, he was this like older dude, you know, maybe a little sus to some people, but really righteous. (laughs) We need that Bible. I love it. I think you would have a lot of people reading it. (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing so i'm really excited for dear god honest prayers to a god who listens to come out so tell us when it comes out people can pre-order now and tell us about your book club that you're gonna do oh yeah so it comes out january 26th and um i still can't even believe that it was i I wrote this like because it's so yeah um um because i never would have thought i would be in this world of like yeah religious anything I didn't think I was I was like those are those people those good people you know mm-hmm. those like those shiny bright and people <laughs> who have it together people and here I am and like and no it's just a club of us who just mm-hmm. who are trying to love God and, and grateful he loves us so yeah January 26th um um bookstores na- amazon things like that and the book club is going to be in facebook groups and i hope that's okay with people i know not everybody's on facebook but it's just the easiest way to do it mm-hmm. even if you just make like yourself a burner account um but if you really can't do facebook let me know and i'm gonna figure something out for you like i don't know i'll, I'll, I'll do my best but it'll be in facebook groups and um we're just gonna talk about each poem and and, and talk about our lives and stuff so i'm excited <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so awesome and just so exciting for a place to like go be real and honest and transparent and be heard yeah. and seen. I think that's so needed. So that's so exciting. Thank I'm going to be in there. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> yes. So tell us where can people follow you? Like, where are you most active? I hope that I know already I had so many people message me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're interviewing me. 
So, so many people already follow you, but tell oh, us where are you so most fun. active? <laughs> um, I think on Facebook right now. Yeah. Um, it's Facebook. It's it's Boomy Lad- Boomy K Laddington is the URL, but Boomy Laddington is the name, and um, Boomy spelled B U N M I. I know it's kind of weird, and um, I kind of cross post things on Instagram too, and. And yeah, I was more on Twitter, but Twitter is like, it's such a scary place. So <laughs> I don't go on there as much. Yeah, I'm not even on Twitter, but yeah, I think it's it scary. is pretty wild on there. <laughs> it's frightening. <laughs> One of those neighborhoods. There's yeah. Cool stuff, you know, like some neighborhoods like have really good, like, you know, like, like this be this burger place, you know, it's so good, but it's like, you might also get shot. So you got to make well, this has been so much fun. I just love talking to you and super grateful that you came on the podcast. Super grateful for your writing and just being out there and saying what all of us feel, but don't have the beautiful words that you do. So appreciate you oh, so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say like, you have such a gentleness about yeah. you. You have such like a gentleness that like not a a lot of people it's a really special gentleness and I really hope that you write like you Ryan specifically I hope that you write and get that journal because I just know like there's something there's you have things to say that people need to read you do thank you oh my gosh you thank you so much right you're welcome because it's you. true I wouldn't say it if it's not true <laughs> I don't do that <laughs> I appreciate that thank you again so much you're welcome thank you for having me Thanks for listening to Lana Send the Word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye! Hey friends, thanks for listening to Wellness and the Word. If you haven't yet, I would love for you to go leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And also join us on Facebook at the Wellness and the Word community. We would love to have you over there. Pray for you, have fun together, and I'm doing some special giveaways specifically in that group in the coming weeks. See you there.